0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, February sixteenth, twenty twenty-two, and uh, right here in the middle of the week, we got what one more full week of February, I guess, after this week. Um, yeah. So uh, we uh, we're continuing in these readings through uh, the Christian calendar, and we are now in the sixth week after Ad- uh, Epiphany, the sixth week after. Epiphany, and uh, this is kind of the season that precedes Lent. Lent will be a couple weeks. Uh, I think March 1st, March 3rd, I'm not sure. It's uh, Ash Wednesday, which be- technically begins the season of Lent. Um, but the theme for this week in our readings is the creation waits with eager longing for the revelation of the children of God, uh, Romans eight nineteen. Good morning, 19 morning, Deborah, Amber, Christine. Welcome, everybody. Yeah, so um, this this season after Epiphany that precedes Lent is kind of where we're at. And we, you know, you guys know we do three readings a day. We're reading a lot of the Bible, y'all. I don't know if you realize what's happening right now, but what is happening is we're reading a whole lot of the Bible, reading three different portions of Scripture every day. So, you know, unlike what we've been doing in the past where we read like um, maybe an entire book of the Bible at a time where we did a chapter a day, which is fun. I like that. I'm not going to lie. Definitely some advantages to that kind of a a continuous theme. Uh, But this, the strength of this type of reading is that you get a little bit of a variety of different aspects of the Bible, not just um, each day. Right. So not not just. One book of the Bible each day, but you're kind of getting a taste of um some Old Testament, some epistles, New Testament or Gospels, I should say. And so you get a little different flavor. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying it. Thank you for sharing this. Thank you for uh letting people know about it. Good morning, everybody. So let's dive in, y'all. First, uh the first reading today will be from Isaiah chapter 63. See what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Uh, we open up our hearts to see what, to hear what the Lord wants to say to us. It's unscripted. There's no pre-plan here. We just open the Word and uh, see where it see where the Spirit takes us, man. What He reveals to our hearts today. Let's do it. Isaiah 63, beginning at verse 15. Isaiah 63, beginning at verse 15. Turn down that music a little bit look down from heaven and see from your lofty throne holy and glorious wow. all right so where are where are your zeal and your might your tenderness and compassion are withheld from us okay so this is a prayer right this is like looking up to god saying god you who are you know lofty and holy and glorious um where's your zeal Where's your like um uh, your power? Um where's your compassion? You ever felt like uh you ever been there? You ever been there? Felt like, man, where's well God, I could use some of your compassion right now? <laughs> and the question being, uh, where's your tender tenderness? Why is it being withheld? You ever wonder that? You ever feel like, man, why 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 is everything why does it seem like everything negative is happening to me. we all been there, a little pity party. You know how it is. It's okay. God can handle it. We can be honest with the Lord and say, you know, I don't understand why it's all happening to me. Maybe you're in a season like that right now, and you don't get it. Like, I don't understand, Lord, why, why this is happening. Um, but watch this. But watch this, verse 16. But you are our Father. That's right. No matter what's going on, Lord, I don't understand, but I know you. I know you're my Father. I know you got me. I know you love me. Through Ab- though though Abraham does not know us or, or Israel acknowledge us, you Lord are our Father, our Redeemer. From of old is your name. Why, Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, why do you, God, why do you make me so rebellious? God, God, why do you made me like this? No, come on, some of you guys hope y'all ain't, hope you haven't said that to the Lord Lord, why you make me so sinful <laughs> Lord, Lord, why you oh Lord, why you make me why you make my heart so wander so <laughs> so readily? <laughs> oh, Lord's like, mm, child, that's on you, <laughs> child, that's on you that's what the that's what this uh this prayer is saying though, right? Why, Lord? why did you make us wander from your ways, and harden our hearts so we do not revere you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes that are your inheritance. For a little while, while your people possessed your holy place, for, for a little while, your people possessed your holy place, but now our enemies have trampled down your sanctuary. We are yours from of old, but you have not ruled over them. They have not been called by your name. We're yours. They're not. Why, why, why is this happening? It's the old um, why are the why do the wicked prosper? Right? Right? Maybe you have some of that going on in your life. Maybe you're somebody that you work with. You know they're, man, they don't seem to do things the right way. They seem to be unethical, maybe not even have a great work ethic, but they seem to get be getting promotions and accolades and like, and you're wondering, like, what is going on here you're like lord why is the why why is that lazy fool getting promoted <laughs> why is that lazy child of god getting promoted yeah why 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 are they getting all the accolades why are they getting um praise why are they getting seem things be going well for them why lord verse 60 or chapter 64. oh that you would rend the heavens and come down Hmm that the mountains would tremble before you. He's he's saying, Lord, I wish you'd come down take care of this. As when fire sets twigs ablaze and cause water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. Mm. God, come down. Come down and make it right. God of justice. Um, this weekend, uh, it's complicated this week because I'm still still performing my civic duty. So, um, so I'm, you know, sermon, sermon writing is a challenge, a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but we, we're gonna be all right. But one of the things I'm talking about is when we get over to Revelation chapter 14 and 15, talking about hell. Um, It's not a fun topic, y'all, but here's what I want to say about that is uh, without a place called hell, without this absence from God, without a place where wickedness is punished, there is no such thing as justice. We all want justice, but here's what we got to understand if we want justice, there has to be hell. In fact, I want to say this some of the most uh, impactful. Social movements in our society had underneath them uh, uh, an understanding that th- particularly in the nonviolent um social movements, like Martin Luther King, Jr, et cetera, that were civil rights movement, that were predominant were fundamentally nonviolent movements had as a basic presupposition, a basic belief, was that I don't need to take vengeance because vengeance will be taken care of by God. Right? I can be nonviolent. I don't need to be violent. I don't need to be violent because God is going to take care of things in the end. Um, That taking care of things in the end necessitates a place of judgment. Otherwise, nonviolent um, nonviolent um, methods and motives make no sense. If this is all there is, then by all means, be violent. <laughs> Take out your judgment and, and make justice the best you can right now. But an understanding and a fundamental belief that we serve a God of justice that is going to make things right. That will punish the wicked. Uh, that will uh, set the balance of justice right. Then I can be nonviolent. I don't. Vengeance is mine. That is the Lord's, not mine. Right? I can let. I can leave vengeance to the Lord. I can be nonviolent. I can be patient, loving, kind. I can, uh, because of that, because justice. Because we serve a God of justice. And here, the, the, the uh, Isaiah is basically praying that, right? That the God of justice would come down, that he would come down, cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. I can wait. I can be nonviolent. I can be, I can be prayerful, believing. I can wait for you because you're gonna make things right. See, people that sometimes want justice, but they don't want hell, they don't want justice. Hmm. Some, you know, some just kind hearted, you know, people like I just want justice, but I don't want nobody going to hell. <laughs> I want justice, but I don't want nobody going to hell, y'all. I know that's sweet, but that's not real. <laughs> you can't have justice without a place of judgment. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> you know, you know. I just, I just want everybody to just make it right. Well, they ain't gonna make it right. God's gonna make it right. <laughs> um, now it's not. I mean. Of course, we want everyone to repent. We don't want anyone to be in hell. No, of course not. We want we want hearts to be changed, lives to be saved. God does too. That's just, That's just, God desires that everyone would be saved. That does not mean that everyone will be saved. Um, verse five. You can't. You you come to help those who gladly do right. Who remember your ways? But when we continue to sin against them, you were angry. When we continue to sin against your ways, you became angry. How then can we be saved? That's a good question. Let's hear it. All of us have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts—this is one we want to underline, fellas. This is men and women of God. This is one you want to underline. All of us became like one who is unclean in all our righteous acts. like filthy rags we all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away like there's no one righteous Like here's the here's the here's the harsh reality of what the word of god is telling us right here not a single one of us deserves heaven if we think that hell is reserved for for just the really wicked people it's for people who don't know Jesus. It's for people who've not had their sins forgiven. That's who. It's, that's who it's, it's for those whose hearts are determined not to be with God. No one. No one. Um, strictly speaking, God doesn't send anyone to hell. People choose to go there. No one's going to be surprised. No one's going to say, "Well, how did I end up here?" <laughs> Just like no one's going to be surprised in heaven. How did, I get, how, how did this happen? Man, this ain't a lucky thing. No one's going to be surprised about where they end up. They've chose it. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. All of our sins are like filthy rags. You know, some people will say, man, you trying to tell me me God would send me to hell for just a little white lie? You know what you say? You trying to tell me all you ever did in your life was a little white lie? You think that's your biggest problem is a little white lie? friends our biggest problem ain't just a little white lie we said that's 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 indicative if that's our answer to like um to you know to God's justice well would god really send me to to hell for just a little white lie look friend if you just if you just if that's all the if that's all you'd ever done is just told a little white lie then we can talk about it but if you think that that's your only problem like your only problem With yourself before a holy and just God is the little white lie. Oh, you got much. You got some blinders on, my friend. Right? Because it says what? All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. Like dirty clothes, man. Your your righteousness. My righteousness is like dirty laundry. Stinks. Just the other day, I'm gonna just tell you. Just the other day, uh, we went, went to the closet. I'm like, man, what is it? what is that? And I found my gym bag. My gym bag had some old sweaty clothes in it that had been sitting in my gym bag for a couple couple days. I was like, oh my goodness. That's what that's what I said. Oh my goodness. Actually, Christy smelled it first, and she was like, oh my word. All of our righteousness, our righteousness. It's like dirty workout clothes. It stank. <laughs> good morning. Isn't that good to think about over your breakfast this morning? <laughs> Verse seven No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. Oh, oh, come on. This is what you'd be saying. That's a good reminder, right? God, you're the potter. We're the clay. Mold us, make us. Today, God, you're the potter. You're the creator. You created me. You know me. You're my father. You know my unrighteousness. You know my hangups. You know my my hurts. You know all those things. Lord, but you're the potter. I'm the clay. Sometimes we get that mixed up when we think, God, we're gonna tell you what to do. It don't work that way. It don't work that way. Um, you are our Father. We are all the work of your hand. You are, man. I want you to know that today, child of God. Hey, you're the work of His hand. You're wonderfully and beautifully made. And And the Lord longs to teach, correct, love, embrace, and guide you. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and have given us over to our sins yet Lord, you are we are the clay, you're the potter, we are the work of your hand. Do not be angry, Lord. do not be angry beyond measure, Lord. do not remember our sins forever. Oh look on us, we pray, for we are your people. Wow. I love that. It's a great man that that passage is loaded with some truth right there. I mean it was just a truth package truth package right there. like Lord, we're sinful like you're our father. You you created us, you know, um, we don't understand why all these good things are happening to bad people. I don't understand why we're suffering, Lord, but also we know that we're unrighteous, we're sinful, that all of our righteousness is a filthy rags, yet you are the potter, we're the clay, and we need you to mold us. We need you to, to uh, shape us and to help us, and he will. All right, let's jump over. Let's jump over to, uh, where are we? 1 uh, Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 16. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have you guys on. And we're digging deep in the Word today. Let's go. Let's go. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires, desires a noble task. Now, the overseer is to be above reproach. Faithful to his wife. Temperate. Self-controlled. Respectable hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. Like an overseer, right? The characteristics of an overseer should be respectful, hospitable, above reproach, faithful, not given to drunkenness, not quarrelsome, not always trying to fight, not always trying to, you know, take a position. <laughs> you know, some people, they feel like they always got to take a position. Every little conversation, I got to take a position. No, you got to take a, you know, you can say, I don't know. Don't you know that there's some people in your life, that are, you just love to hear them say, I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a skill to develop the ability to recognize when you don't know and admit it, right? He must, uh, where are we? Verse five, if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert. You don't want a recent convert leading the church. You don't. Someone who just comes to know Jesus leading the church, you see all the underbelly of the church, you see all the craziness, you see some things, you don't need a recent convert. They don't have the wisdom or the depth or maturity to handle it. You don't want you don't want young man, you want some you want some uh, seasoned believers leading the church. Uh he must not be a recent comfort, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. Mm. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and is into the devil's trap. Good to have a... Uh, those that are leading the church need to have a good reputation with Outsiders not just a reputation with church people so you can't be you can't be a leader in the church and be a rascal at your workplace <laughs> it's like wait that dude is a elder at your church oh my word you ain't believe you ain't believe the thing he says at, at lunch break you ain't believe the way he treats his employees you ain't gonna believe the way she acts nah you can't have that they got to be uh uh-uh. they got to be a reproach they got to be they got to be respected among outsiders those who are outside the family of God those who uh, even aren't believers they need to be res- they should be respected even by them verse 8 in the same way deacons are to be worthy of respect sincere not indulging in much wine and not pursuing dishonest gain they must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience they must first be tested and then if there is nothing against them Let them serve as deacons. they got to be vetted a little bit. you got to ask them, you know, kind of vet them, make sure they're ready. In the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and his household well. Those who have served well gain an excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. Um yeah let's finish this chapter up let's go Although I hope to see you soon I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household which is the church of the living God the pillar and foundation of the truth So that's a reminder man the way we treat each other in the church is important the way we conduct our affairs in the church is important because it is the household of God it represents God to the world that's so why we got to pray for the church, man. We got to pray for leaders in the church, the, the the management of the resources of the church. We've got to pray for that. And we've got to keep it above reproach at all times. Why? Because that's God's household. It represents God to the world. And so we want that to be a positive uh, message. Um beyond all question, the mystery from which the which true godliness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, was taken up in glory. Wow, that's powerful. That's a beautiful passage right there. 1 Timothy 3.16. Yeah. Beyond all question, the mystery from which true godliness springs is great. Remember we talked about in Isaiah, we don't have godliness in ourselves, but where does true godliness come from? It comes from right here, from Jesus, who what? appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up to glory. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our righteousness. Jesus is uh, the one who gives mercy and grace. All right, let's jump over to uh, Mark chapter 11 as we wrap this up this morning. Mark eleven twenty-seven 27 through uh, 12, 12. 11, 27 through 12, 12. They arrived in Jerusalem, and while Jesus was talk, uh, walking in the temple courts, the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders came to him. And what did they say? By what authority are you doing these things, they asked. Are you, who, And who gave you the authority to do this? They want to know who, who, who gave Jesus authority. I will ask you one question, Jesus replied. Answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism. Was it uh, from heaven or of human origin? You tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then they don't then then they then then why didn't they believe him? But if we say of human origin, they learned that they, they feared the people, for everyone held that John was a prophet. So they answered, we don't know. Now to their credit, they said we don't know, but they really did know. Now they didn't just say we didn't we don't know, they did know. But they didn't want to say, because they were uh, they wanted they were um, they really weren't interested in the answer. They were interested in, in tricking Jesus. So Jesus says, "Neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things." <laughs> then Jesus began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a pit in, a, in a, for the wine press, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and moved to onto another place. At harvest time, he sent servants to the Whom he loved. He sent him last of all, saying, They will respect my son. But the tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and kill the tenants and give the vineyard to others. Haven't you heard this passage of scripture? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Verse 12. Then the chief priests and teachers of the law and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Wow. So Jesus says, man, look, he tells this parable. It's about him, right? It's about the way God has interacted with his people throughout time. He sent messengers. He planted the vineyard, uh, which is essentially Israel, the people of God. And he came, he sent prophets to correct, to make sure they were bearing fruit, to make sure they were doing right. And they stoned the prophets. They got, they, you know, and then finally they he sent his son. Surely they will to receive my son. And what did they do to the son? They killed him. But the message of that is that there will be a reckoning, right? That we're not saved by our own righteous deeds. We're saved by the chief cornerstone, Christ, who came to die in our place. It's through him that we have righteousness, that we are righteous, and that we uh, are clothed with righteousness. So hey, let's go out today and let's uh, let's be the uh, the clay in the potter's hand, Help him to uh, work with him as he molds our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our actions, uh, and let us be a good witness to uh, the world um, of our Father. Let's pray, guys. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray your blessing upon each and every person today. May you encourage them and strengthen them, bless them real good, Lord. Lord, may you apply this word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that it is true, that we are not saved by our own righteous deeds, but we are saved by grace. We're saved by what you've done for us in Jesus. And so um, we uh, place our lives on the potter's wheel and allow you and encourage you and invite you to mold us, to make us, to correct us, to strengthen us by your gentle hand. We love you and give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for being on today. Hope you guys have a fantastic Wednesday. We'll be back at it tomorrow uh, reading through these uh, After Epiphany readings. Love you guys. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.